Welcome to the Best Ever You Show with your host, Elizabeth Hamilton Garino, CEO and founder of the Best Ever You Network, helping you live your life to the fullest. How? Real people, including celebrities, real advice, real places, products, and businesses, real life stories. It's all right here for you with this radio show, printed magazine, websites, community, and more. Remember to visit us online, too, at besteveryou.com. And now here's your host, CEO and founder of the Best Ever You Network, Elizabeth Hamilton Garino. Hello, everybody, and thank you so much for listening to the Best Ever You Show. We're kicking off our fall season a little bit late. Usually I do this in September. It's November. Um, And I have a really lovely guest with me today, and she puts the community in community. We're going to talk all about community today. Her name is Radha Agrawal, and she is the author of the new book, Belong. Uh, Radha, thank you for being here with me. It's so good to be here, Elizabeth. Thank you for having me. Yeah, it's uh, we're live, and all you guys, if you want to tweet us while we're live, you can tweet me at Best Ever You, and uh, we'll we'll ask Rada your questions. But Rada's the co-founder, the CEO, and I love this, the chief community architect of Daybreaker. Uh, Rada, what is Daybreaker? Absolutely, Daybreaker is an early morning wellness and dance community. We we meet up. Imagine like we waking up at six a.m on a Wednesday morning and dancing your face off without substances, without alcohol. We serve green juice, coffee, and tea all in the morning before going to work. Um, it starts with a one-hour yoga, and then followed by a two-hour dance experience. It's full of fun performances, um, you know, aerialists, fire spinners, horn sections, and it's for all ages. And, and people, you know, we have half a million community members from around the world who come together um, in, in 25 cities, and we wake up and dance. What a way to wake up grateful and happy. It really is. It's a, you know, a time where isolation and loneliness is our biggest epidemic in this country. A wild stat for you, one in four Americans have zero friends to confide in, and this number has tripled in the last 30 years. So we just want to do something about it. We want to bring people together with fun and joy and bring generations back together so all ages are invited. Um, and and really and and really sort of find have have a safe space to self express. Now, is are, when you say like all these people don't have anybody to confide in and so forth. Do you mean like in high school or do you mean like elderly? Where where is the the mix there and the age groups for and and even gender and so forth? Right. So it's like so one in four is a blanket statement. It's across all of American uh, populations. But if we want to get narrow, it's a one in three Americans above the age of 65 is socially isolated. One in two Americans above the age of 85 is socially isolated. Um, and, and so it just, it just gets scarier the older we get. But sort of overall, one in four Americans. Yet teens um, are more anxious and, and depressed than they ever have been. College students are experiencing 42% anxiety and depression on college campuses as well. So we're really facing... A, a time of um, overconnection through social media, these casinos, these slot machines in our pockets, um, but but not in a quality way. Yeah. Now you're a social entrepreneur, an investor, an inventor, a speaker, lifelong community builder. You know all these things about you um, that are just 
absolutely amazing. I will, and please feel free to <laughs> insert them into this conversation too, because I totally don't, I think I have you kind of memorized, <laughs> but um, I will make sure you bring them up as we talk and so forth. Yeah. But um, I would think that, you know, you would have, and I know you do with all your community and so forth, but just like so many friends, um, so many friends you don't know what to do with. Um, and is that what you're saying people should be? And what was your epiphany? Tie those in for me, because I know the answer. So it's sort of a leading, <laughs> a leading question. There. But bring, well, bring you, that in well, together. Yeah. So, I mean, first of all, there's, there's nothing more important than, than relationships and community. Um, but for me, you know, I was 30 years old and, and actually I didn't belong. I really felt like I didn't have a community who supported me, who gave me wings. You know, I'd spent my 20s doing what I did in college, which was hanging out in sports bars, drinking beer, watching sports, getting drunk, um, and, and just kind of sleepwalking through life. And um, really woke up at 30 and realized, oh, my gosh, the light in my eyes are dim. I, I don't have anyone with whom I can confide in other than my twin sister. Um, and, and it was, and it was honestly, it was, it was a really difficult realization. Um, but instead of just kind of, um, kind of slinking back, I realized, okay, it's time to do something about it. So I started creating these exercises for myself. I, I wrote down lists, you know, quali- qualities I was looking for in a friend, which we never do as humans, right? Like we, we write down things that we're looking, qualities we're looking for in a romantic interest or in professional careers, but rarely do we write down kind of lists and, and, and sort of qualities that we want in, in a friend. So I started doing these types of exercises for myself, which are all in the book. I have about 20 exercises in the book. And um, it started with this journey of self-exploration first, right? Like friendships come, the right friendships come when you know yourself first. And so, you know, and, and of course, like, you know, the more you know yourself, the more you're radiating that authentic version of who you are, the, the faster you're actually going to find and manifest the friends that will, um, that will fill you up and give you that exhale of I'm home. So, I, I, so the, the first half of my book and, and the journey, my journey um, really started with this early 30s, like three years it took me to really get to know myself and, and, and understand my values, my interests, what I'm good at, what I can bring to a community, how I love to show up. Um, in a community setting so that when I went out, so I, I, I always say you have to go in to go out. So when I went out, I was really kind of prepared and knew who I was. I belonged to myself so that when I went out, I could, I could meet the community of my dreams. And boy, you know, when you take that time to really get to know yourself, when you're not speeding through life through your social media, you know, as your, as your feeds races through our lives, right? Like we're scrolling and scrolling and yeah. yesterday's the past. We we forget the um we forget sort of what we want um, before we got we're just so desperate to go out and find somebody, but more often than not, if we don't do that work, um, we're not going to find the right people. Do you think people looked at you and ever knew that you were feeling that way? You know that's the thing, right? Like I think we all there's so much shame around not belonging. So for me in my 20s, I just masked my lack of belonging with just sort of drinks and and, and hanging out with just, you know, anybody that I thought would, you know, in in that time I was sleepwalking, right, through life. And so I was just wanted to hang out with, with, you know, the kids who went to the, you know, to clubs and and, and bars and and things like that. And I I just didn't, um, 
yeah, I, I, I didn't want anyone to maybe even know. I, I don't even think I, I knew, right? I think I was just going through the motions, right? I think we go through life sometimes and we're just going through the motions and we're just meeting up with people because they're inviting us to things. But we always leave and we're, like, exhausted and then we start calling ourselves names. Like, I'm introverted because I get more energy at home and I get more energy kind of fueled by myself. But that's because we actually haven't spent the time finding the right people who actually give you energy, right? So I think so much of, of our, you know, of our kind of self-labeling happens from our experience around belonging and the shame around it. Like I was ashamed when I, I'd be left out of things or I was ashamed when I didn't feel like, um, you know, when, when I didn't feel like I had anybody to call at some point in my life. You know, if my sister and I were fighting or something, I had no one else to call and um, it was deeply lonely, right? And so um, I, I think that we don't realize it, one, or two, um, we're ashamed to admit it, um, or three, you know, we mask our, our lack of belonging with substance abuse and um, and kind of, kind of distractions. So only when we face ourselves, right, only when we're able to, like, look ourselves in the mirror and just face ourselves and ask ourselves, are the people that I'm spending my time with really fueling me and my dreams? You know, can I look at the, the, the community that I've chosen as folks that really give me that exhale of I'm home? Or is it time to evolve and, and say thank you and be grateful for those memories and then begin this journey of self-exploration, which will then lead to a more connected community, a more inspired life that we all want, right? We all want purpose in our lives. And without community, it's really hard to find it. I didn't find any success, any purpose in my life until – I actually spent the time cultivating my community. And when I felt that safety of I'm home, then did I actually sort of feel that courage to be able to pursue my dreams, my, my enterprises, my, you know, the companies that I started, all of that. I, I really ladder back to feeling a sense of belonging and being able to pursue my dreams. And also for those who just put their heads down and work and are just like, you know, success, 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 I need to be a millionaire by 30 or whatever. If they only focus on that at 30 years old, when they have that million dollars in the bank and they have no one to share it with, what's the point of all of it? Yeah. You know, so it's yeah. kind of a reminder. Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, I'm, I think I have to share a little bit about me to sort of make the, some of these questions make sense. So I'm, I'm more like almost 50 and I'm the mom of four boys who are 17, 19, 21 and 23. And so when I received wow. your yeah when I received your book in the mail it it was a very uh, motherly response I had <laughs> to kids you need to read this kid you know and those are boys we're talking to you know and um I, we we've we've sort of raised them very best ever you and that you know if you see somebody sitting there alone sit by them if you you know all uh, all yes. those things that perhaps that you're talking about and one of our kids is a student athlete who plays college baseball. And so he's really in tune with um, being a protector of people who might be bullied. You know, he had a group of, you know, mm. a, a group of friends in school where, you know, the student athletes sort of barriered the bullying. And um, so I so get what you're saying and this book. And I, I just love this book. Um, it's, I'm old. <laughs> it's a treasure. I just wanted to make sure you okay, knew that. Okay, is not and, old. Are you kidding me? Well, and I can't believe it's yeah. four boys. I'm seven months pregnant, and I really, I bow down to all moms now. I'm just like, you are a superhero. <laughs> I can't even. It's 
crazy. Uh, there, it's it's so wonderful. My one, my sister just had a baby three months ago, and uh, babies are just the cutest thing. She just texted me a video of the baby laughing. At three months old, the baby's oh. laughing. Got la- cute oh little baby gut laugh. God. I'm like, oh, it's so cute. Okay, sidetrack. We'll get back on track now. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I, you know, I just wanted to make sure I shared that with you that um, the book resonates um, with with everybody and um especially in our family that that it got tested with four boys of different ages wow. <laughs> and i just wanted to make sure i shared that with well, you um oh ahead. my gosh thank you well i was gonna say well you know what it's you know one of those things that why i wrote the book was because as i went through and, and as i built the, our daybreaker community around the world i began getting hundreds of messages from community members saying hey you know, I, I just moved to this new city and Daybreaker, you know, really gave me this, this place to meet new friends or I just broke yeah. up with somebody and I met my best friend at Daybreaker or, you know, I was, I came out to my family after going to Daybreaker and feeling that sense of connection and, and, and safety and security to be able to do that. So I started getting all these stories and then requests from so many community members asking me, you know, do you have any resources? Do you have any books? Do you have anything that I can go deeper and, and, and you know, Daybreaker, has given me that, that incredible, you know, gift around of community, but I, I really also want to continue cultivating a deeper, meaningful community. And, um, and I began buying up every book I can find on community building. And I realized, you know, so many of them, while, you know, the, 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 the essence and DNA are, are beautiful, often they only give the why belonging is important, right, for you, your health and happiness, but not really how. What are, like, what are the practical ways? Like, how do I belong? What are the step-by-step tools? Like, what can I do today if I said, okay, I moved to a new city. How do I make a new friend? Or I just got divorced. I have to make a new friend. Or I'm an empty nester. How do I make, a, how to make friends again? Or I just retired. There's so many inflection points where we're asking ourselves, how the heck do I find my people? So I wanted to give people, I wanted to give readers just the, the tools, the simple tools that held you by the hand that said, hey, here's what I did that, that led me to finding the community of my dreams and my own personal life, and here's exactly what I did if you want to build your own community at scale and exactly what I did to do that. So if you're a musician or a blogger or a podcaster or an entrepreneur or whatever, you, know, you can read this book and be given the tools to scale your community as well after you've found your personal community. So I, I just wanted to give people the how-to tools, right, to sure. do that. And I, just, and, I want, and I want to illustrate it too because I, I have a hard time reading reading books with just black and white words on the page myself. Sure. Yeah, well, um, that was one of my points, too, is when I got this book. This is a beautiful book. And um, I and once I read that you had done the illustrations in it, I was completely blown away. You, I mean, so, such talent. Um, I, I'm wondering what the moment was where you decided that you were going to write a book. And then um, what maybe sort of if you could share what sort of your process was, like how this book came to be. We do have a large audience of uh, people listening who dream of writing books. Oh, my gosh, yes. I mean, I feel so blessed that, um, you know, that my community, the Daybreaker community, really um, inspired me to write this book. I, I really felt um, particularly after the elections and there was such a division in this country and just feeling like, you know, we weren't listening to each other. We didn't feel a sense of belonging to, you know, to, um, to one another, even in our differences of opinion. So belonging is bipartisan, right? Whether you're Republican or Democrat, belonging sort of goes across the aisles. We all want to find home 
in, in, in our communities. And, and so I just felt really um, compelled to write a book um, that really gave away all of our trade secrets, that really helped every single person who wanted to. I mean, the most generous act we can do as human beings is to create community. It truly is, you know, whether it's a three-person community that's getting together to knit or, you know, yeah. a 500,000-person community to, who wakes up and dances or whatever community you want to start, it is truly the most generous act we can do. It's not about taking selfies and growing our social media following. You know, it really isn't about that. That's just a road to isolation, depression, anxiety, loneliness, and comparison, right? And, and you know, if each and every one of us who are listening right now can get out there and create a community, large or small, for yourself, for the community, for, you know, for each other, then we stitch the world back together. That's really why, mm-hmm. you know, I wrote the book. And, and I think after the elections, when I went into to the publishers, um, everybody was looking for a book that brought us back together. Um, so, so I think it was a really um, important time to, to, to sort of publish a book around something as essential as belonging in a time where we are so divided, you know? Yeah, I, I do. And I, what I'd love for you to do um, uh, when we're when we do these podcasts, we I envision people sometimes like on a treadmill in the morning or something like that, and and click and play. And so I want to always make sure that we teach somebody something. So it's it's. Uh, it, would you mind teaching us some things from your book um, so that people Absolutely. can really. Yeah, just I really love it when you know when you listen to a podcast, it's a half hour 100%. or hour of your time, and um, I love making it worth people's while to listen and really learn. So, so let me so. let me share you know maybe two specific exercises or two specific um, sort of um, yeah kind of participatory moments in my book for for anyone listening out there. Um, the first thing I ask you to do is to write down, essentially write down a timeline of your life, a history of the greatest moments in your life where you felt the most belonging. Just plot out the schools you went to, the music you listened to, the friends you had throughout your life, and really connect to elementary school and then high school and then maybe going to college and then after college and, you know, when you had, you know, your first friends um, in the city that you lived in and really kind of map out your life over tea or coffee one morning um, and take a minute for yourself to remember, just remember your life and the moments and, and the friends that made you feel the most belonging and, and really be honest with yourself, really connect with your family, your friends, those moments, because that will give you sort of a really nice initial guiding post to when were you happiest? When were you feeling the most safe and fist pumping to life? So just take that time and, and, and really plot out your life timeline. Um, it's a really fun exercise to do um, to remember. And then, and then write down the five people that you're spending the mo- your most time with today, if, whether it's a spouse, uh, your kids, um, colleagues, coworkers, friends, you know, who are the five, you know, maybe even five to ten people with whom you're spending most of your time with? And ask yourself if they're bringing you up or bringing you down. Um, just really kind of get honest with yourself. Are they inspiring you? Are they just shit-talking? Or pardon the, pardon the, the French. It's all good. <laughs> I hear what you mean. Um, yeah. 
<laughs> you know, uh, you know, are they what 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 type of you know what type of energy do they bring into a room? Are they grandfathered in because you've known them for a long time? Have you just <laughs> met them recently and you're just getting to know them? Right, like just write down the five to ten people with whom you're spending most of your time with or who you interact with, and really ask yourself if they're giving you wings or um, or not. And then the third thing to do is is write down a three-column list. Column one is all the qualities you're looking for in a friend. For me, that was friends who talked about ideas and not each other, friends who went to the gym and worked out and took care of themselves, friends who were curious and asked questions and were great listeners, friends who were interesting and interested, right, friends who – who said F yes to life, friends who love to travel and, and were spontaneous, right? Like I wanted lots of this stuff. And, and I wrote all of it down, everything, friends who were ambitious and wanted to change the world, friends who had passion and had, had you know, purpose-driven um, lives. You know, so I literally wrote down all of these qualities. And the second column is all the qualities that you don't want a friend, negative Nellies, couch potatoes, you know, shoulder shruggers, right? Like write down all the types <laughs> yeah. of friends that you don't want um, in your life and, um, and really get, get very clear about what those friends are, right? Like, like friends who are workaholics and constantly cancel on you, friends who are always stressed out and drama queens. Like just write down all of that stuff. Get man- Start manifesting because what that does is when you, when you take the time to write it down using a pen to paper, not on your phone, but something that you can look at and sit with. The act of writing it out begins that journey of, oh, my gosh, like I'm getting clear. I'm building out guardrails. I'm looking at life in a different way. I'm getting more intentional about who I spend my time with. I'm beginning to value myself more meaningfully. And then column three, perhaps the most important column, is all the qualities that I need to embody in order to attract the friends that I want. Right, so I need to be less of a workaholic. I need to be less judgmental. I need to be, you know, I need to put my 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 computer down and, and be less less of a flake. I was canceling on friends all the time. Um, you know, there's I need to be less critical. There was so much that I had to face in myself. You know, whenever I showed up to rooms, you know, sometimes I bring I bring rooms up or bring rooms down depending on how stressed I was from work. Right, so really connecting sure. to how am I showing up. So these three columns, you know, are, are so instrumental in your journey of, of just starting to figure out what it is that you want in a community. And as soon as I did that, Elizabeth, it was like, it was incredible. You know, all of a sudden, as I went out, it became so much more clear and apparent what I was looking for. And, and just the intention of putting those words to paper, I began manifesting those people, which sounds very woo-woo. But it isn't. Like as soon <laughs> as good. you know, it, it, it you know, it, it really isn't. Like you start calling yeah. those people in when you when you actually begin to get intentional and purposeful about your community. So there's just a few actually there's about ten that I have you do in, in your going in journey to get to know who you are, um, what you want, what you value, what you're interested, what you're good at, so that when you go out, you're now ready to just call in, find, and, and build that dream community of yours. So then, you know, if you want me to share one exercise when you go out, um, I'm happy to do that as well. But I don't know how much time we have. <laughs> um, well, I think it's a question of how much time do you have. I've got, I've got I could sit here all day and listen to you because I, I, I love your book, <laughs> your concept, and, and what you're saying. 
But um, what is like maybe 10 or 15 minutes more sound to you? Does that work for your schedule? That sounds great. That sounds absolutely okay. great. Perfect. So keep going. Yeah, teach us more because it's, it's great stuff. And it, it's, it, I know it resonates with me, and I, I think it will resonate pretty, resonate pretty well with the Best Ever You community, too. Um, my mom always jokes, you know, we've got this huge Best Ever You community, and it, and it has everything but the kitchen sink in it. And then somebody sent a graphic of the kitchen sink, so it's on there now, too. <laughs> but it's, I love <laughs> communities where you, um, you know, like where something, can this is online uh, my community what I'm talking about is online but I, I love it when you can just write something out there and and people will comment for real like not comment just for comment's sake or to say something rude or anything like that but actually a positive thoughtful helpful comment do you want to can you before you go teaching us again can you talk just a little bit about social media, because you touched on, we're getting questions too. You touched on how if you're out in social media to just gather followers, it's a lonely, depressing realm. But if you're out there and you have people that you're interacting with for real and you're talking back and forth and you have common ground and it's positive, I think positive is a key word for me. It's not so bad. It's wonderful. Do you, do you agree with that? Disagree with that? Elaborate? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think there's a world in which, you know, social media, here's the thing about social media, right? We've given keys to a Ferrari, right, to a five-year-old without teaching it how to drive, you know? So, <laughs> yeah, so that's really what I think of as social media, right? It's this, like, Ferrari, this incredible engine for connection, and yet we haven't been taught how to use it responsibly. So, now our screen times are three hours a day. We're on these things. We're binging. We're, we're, we're aligning our values of ourselves, like how many followers I have equals how awesome I am. You know, we, we <laughs> yeah. begin to have false sort of, right? So it's yeah. like a false yeah. kind of, um, so, so we, we just don't have the manual for how best to use it. We just kind of threw it out there. And, and now there's, you know, thousands of, of architects of our digital world, software engineers and developers who are optimizing for our addiction. Like they want us to be addicted to our phones because they make more money, right? And so, so there's a subversive kind of architects of our digital world that, that aren't sort of being talked about. And, and all we're talking about is, is social media and, and, and these sort of um, kind of how, how screen time isn't always great. But what we really should be talking to or who should we should be talking to are the architects and asking them, why are you doing this? Why are you racing towards virtual reality and artificial intelligence? For what benefit? For the curiosity of, of sort of how far we can take humanity? Like how, you know, of course, that's very interesting and, and I can see that. But, but at the end of the day, are we happier in virtual? You know, are we happier um, on our phones? Are we happier glued there? And, and as, as such, why are you continuing to go to work every day to, to, to continue gluing people, it's it's another form of of of, of addiction, right? Addiction. It's it's crack, yeah. it's it's heroin, you know, and so and so I think I think that's that's something to really ask. And then we are we are the of course recipients of that, but often we don't have the tools to control our own addiction because there's thousands of brilliant scientists who are optimizing and learning how to make us even more addicted. So it really takes some insane willpower from each individual to say, hey, enough is enough. I'm not going to commit. You know, my brother-in-law just found out because there's now a screen time. For everybody listening out there, 
if you download the new iOS on your iPhone, um, you can actually see how much time there's a screen time um, sort of uh, um, app now in your settings where you can see how much time you're spending on each app. So my, my brother-in-law saw that he was spending an hour and a half every day on just Instagram and he has a newborn in, in the house. And he's like, I could right. be spending an hour and a half with my newborn and instead I'm, I'm scrolling through Instagram. So I've been, we've been looking at Instagram, our, our, our screen time um, data counter in the settings uh, of, of our phones and it's been incredibly eye-opening and helpful for us to be able to manage our own consumption, our own addiction, because we're all addicted. I mean, I, I write about it and talk about it, but I could, I, but I'm still fighting my own addiction because I'm a human and these architects of our digital world have, have gotten <laughs> into all of our brains and minds, you know? Yeah. So I'm very much right there with everybody listening of just like navigating through my own addiction, navigating through my own um, kind of willpower. And, and it's been wonderful to see the screen time and every day do a challenge with myself to say, I'm going to do one minute less than I did the day before, one minute less than I did the day before. Um, and I'm going to get to only 10 minutes a day on, on Instagram and social media um, so that I can spend the rest of my time in a, in a quality offline environment. So, um, you know, anyway, I want to tell so, a story really fast. <laughs> Two days please. ago, my son was upstairs in his room and he's our senior in high school. And I'm going to talk about you, Quaid, for a minute. His name's Quaid. Um, he was up there and he, he, as a joke, I called from our house phone to his cell phone, just as a joke, and I left a message. And he, he called me back, and he goes, uh, yeah, somebody just called me from this number. You're kidding. He didn't recognize his own house phone. That's the funniest oh thing ever to me. Oh, my gosh. It was so cute, but he came all the way down. He came all the way downstairs, and he's like, oh, my gosh, I just did that, didn't I? I'm like, yes, you did. And uh, what a just, great lesson! Just, I love oh, it's just funny stuff. Yeah, what did you say? Sorry, I totally was talking. <laughs> Didn't mean to talk over you. No, I, I, it's brilliant. I love it. It's so good. <laughs> so I've had kids I call me. Love to it. Call me from the basement. Like text me from the basement. Is dinner ready yet? I'm like seriously you're texting me. Is dinner ready yet? Just wait. <laughs> it's, it's wild. Um, wow. But anyway. Yeah, but you know, yeah, we're on our phones a lot and I totally get it. And um it's I love the fact that you are sort of countering that with in-person things, with in-person community. I think that's a huge part of your message. Am I wrong? Absolutely. Right. Oh my gosh. I mean, that's every it's yeah. it's, it's really you know, to be human is to have sort of um, intimate physical connections with, with another. Um, here's another wild, wild stat for you. It's, it's in my book as well, where, you know, Americans, it's a, it's a famous study where a researcher studied how many times um, different cultures touched each other in a conversation. And Americans mm-hmm. touch each other upwards of once in a conversation in this study versus um, Mexicans who touch each other upwards of 180 times in a conversation. Wow. We are physically starved for affection. And guess, guess who the number one pornography viewer in the world is? Oh, I have no Americans, idea. Right? So, yeah. so it's interesting because we replace our, our need for intimacy and connection with pornography. You know, we, we live in a litigious society. So I always encourage everyone to say, like, you know, get your five hugs a day. Like, 
make sure you're t- touching your friend beyond just a handshake. Hug your friends hello. Hug your children hello and good morning and good night. You know, really spend time connecting physically because you, you'll realize that there is no replacing, no haptic gaming vest or or VR headset will ever replace the the human hand or or the warmth of the of, of the touch and a hug, you know. And and I think True. that's really what we need to re- bring back to the forefront is is in what I call the dose, you know, your 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 natural happy dose. And I call it the dose of daybreaker. But dose is is your dopamine, your oxytocin, your serotonin, and your endorphins. Like if we can actually train our brains to release our happy brain chemicals through community experiences and offline gatherings, which we absolutely can, and we should prove that through Daybreaker every single time, that you can release all four happy brain chemicals without substances, without drugs, um, um, you know, as a, and only as a community. That's how happiness, that's how we can only ever be truly happy. Um, so it's, it is, it is a, a very interesting time where people are just building technologies without understanding why, and ultimately, does it bring us closer together? And the answer is most often no. Yeah, no, I, I hear you. I've picked up your book while you were talking, and I was I was listening, and sort of I've do, I've pages sort of dog-eared to ask you about and so forth. And I was wondering if I could um, on page on page two fifteen it talks about um, if somebody needs help creating the dream community large or small that you're you're there for them and um you're launching the belong center are you still doing that and absolutely yes is your vision um, go ahead i was i just wanted to ask one more question and then go um is your vision to have actual communities called belong communities in each place or whatever because i could see sports teams really getting behind this and going to like elementary schools or, you know, high schools, places where people don't feel so great sometimes with a belong community. Is that your vision? Absolutely. So, so yes, I I really want to revitalize the community center experience. Like right now community centers are, are quite, you know, are quite dead. You know, it's not, uh, it's no longer the kind of the, the, the Grand Central Station of Gathering Spaces and, you know, how do we actually infuse technology uh, or how do we infuse um, sort of the, a community space um, with a sense of belonging and a more kind of um, modern approach, right? And I think mm-hmm. the Belong Center, um, it's, there's several fold, right? Like what I want the Belong Center to be is is one is supporting progressive organizations. So what I'm doing is I'm already consulting with progressive organizations wanting to build meaningful communities um, at scale. So that that's interesting to Good. me. Um, the other piece of it is what I really want the Belong Center to be is actually a an initial workshop that like imagine you move to a new city and you're like wow where do I belong where do I go? You can sign up for the Belong workshop. So you know, imagine like 300 people in a room. And I do a whole day long workshop on on what how to make friends. How do you actually Beautiful. make a friend? Right? So 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 now anybody at any moment in their life can sign up for this workshop and have that sort of support because right now where do you go? You you Google, you know, meetup groups, like there's no really anywhere to, there's nowhere to go. Yeah. So I want to do right. that. And then the other and then the meta piece of that is once the 300 people come to the event for, for the workshop, I then break out the 300 people into groups. 
that can then, so based on their values, interests, and abilities into these wonderful Facebook groups that can then meet up once a week in person, and that begins their belong journey, that community journey. Um, so those sort of people will then find their community at our events where they're learning how to make it. So it becomes quite meta in that way. So um, mm. that's the dream for what it, what 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 uh, the blog center is, and and um, I'm really excited to pilot in in in, um, in the new year. Fabulous. Thank you for thank you for elaborating on that because I I just think it's such a great idea and I love the idea of having like especially like if you move someplace new or even if you're there already wherever you are you might exactly. have been there lifelong if you're terrified of meeting people or anxiety stress depression I mean I I I wish there was a group where you could just be like oh you know what no matter who you are what you are where you are you're just welcome here and and loved and cherished and I think you're there you're onto that I I think it's genius Oh thank you well it's yeah. it's um it's you know it's to me belonging is the single most important kernel of life and that without it it leads to gun violence anxiety obesity epidemic you know are we we die earlier every single one of our societal problems ladders down to our lack of belonging truly if you if you go back and look at everyone i mean literally all of it terrorism who are they recruiting people who don't belong right? Like school shootings. What is it? It's kids who are disenfranchised and don't belong. You know, it's literally every political candidate, like, you know, that's, that Mm -hmm. has that, that sort of power hungry is, has didn't belong and wants that power to, to prove to people that, that they, that they have power. Right. So there's, there's just, there's just, it's, it's, if we can solve for this problem, which is belonging, which is bipartisan, which is, which is, which is ageless, right? We are solving sure. society's sure. greatest, greatest struggle. Yeah. Do you mind if I keep you for just a few more minutes and ask you um, just a couple personal questions about like who you are, who were you in kindergarten? <laughs> I love, I love of to course. ask people who they were in kindergarten, but I think, think that for a minute, but I also want to ask you, you know, you named one of the eight women in the, in the whole world that's going to change the world by MTV. Holy cow. I mean, that's so neat. I mean, does that make you, what does that, what does that, how does that make you feel? I know it's kind of a cheesy question, but you know, when you're getting Tribeca Disruptive Innovation Awards and Social Entrepreneurship Awards and Community Building, but changing the world, it seems like in order to change the world, you have to really um, emulate what it is that you want to change also. Like, it sounds like you changed yourself to change the world also. Does that make sense? Yeah, you know, I, I, um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm always really uh, humbled by these, by these. I don't really, you know, like I don't really I care about lists and all those things, you know. Um, I know, but, I can um, tell by your voice. I, You're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, I, I mean, like, on it. I mean, it's, you know, I find, I find, I, I anyways, I, I, I it's I like it. the best citizens that I know are the ones that nobody knows their name, you know. Um, <laughs> but. <Yeah>. Um, <laughs> But, I know. Uh, but I, you know, I'll, but I'm, I, yeah, but I'll, I'll take it and I'll use the platform to, to, um, to move things forward. But, you know, I, I, yeah, I, I, I think, you know, you're so cute. We, you're we tongue tied have... with an award. <laughs> you're so cute. What's that? You got, you got t- a little tongue tied there. You're so humble, and um, <laughs> it's, it's, it's very sweet. But yeah, keep going because you are. I believe. I do truly believe you are someone to, to watch. 
Oh my gosh. Well, thank you. Um, but what, what was your question? <laughs> I, I don't know. I'm just talking at this point cause I know we got to go and I hate, it's one of the things about me. I don't like closing shows cause it's sad. Um, and I loved having you on as a guest and, um, maybe, you know, in the future you'll come back and, um, talk again cause it's, you're just fascinating to me and I'm glad that you shared your time, um, here with me, but I do still want to know what you were like in kindergarten. And I wanted to ask you about your yeah, sister absolutely. too. Those were the two things I wanted yeah, to ask you, know, you about. Absolutely. So, so my, you know, being a twin and um, the early, my early life with growing up, you know, my, my mother's Japanese, my father's from India, and I'm born and raised in Montreal, Canada. Um, wow. So I, I was, you know, I, I was a product of immigrants who came here with nothing and no family, no community. And I watched them. My parents really modeled for my twin sister and I early on in our lives, the importance of community, how to gather people, the intentionality around their gatherings. It was never wine and cheese parties. For everyone listening, let's never do wine and cheese parties ever again. Let's gather people <laughs> in intentional ways. When you open the door and, and, and sort of invite your guests into your home, give them something. Like maybe it's just a piece of paper that says, here's a question I'm asking you. Or maybe it's, you know, just some kind of um, uh, a totem. Maybe it's like a pebble that you pick up in the street and says, hey, activate this pebble with a, with a question or, that, or, or, a, or an intention that you want to bring tonight. You know, like there's so many ways to welcome your guests into your house and, 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 um, and, then, and then share sort of an intentional goodbye. But my parents really growing up, instilled that level of, of intentionality in gatherings. And our gatherings were always very thoughtful, very intentional. Um, so, so, you know, in, in, when I was in kindergarten, um, you know, my twin sister and I, we, our, our home was always Grand, Grand Central Station. So we, we were always the ones <laughs> throwing the birthday parties. And even if our, you know, finances were tight, we always, um, we were always the ones that, that our door was always open to friends. And so um, I, I saw early on, you know, how important community and friendships were. And I lost my way in college and then in my 20s, as we often do, right? Like we have to find our way back to our essence. But um, I thank God I was fortunate enough to have uh, parents who really valued community and and showed us how how much sort of happier our lives would be with you know with 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 community inside you know in, in it. So um, so yeah, I think we all lose our way you know at some point in our lives, and and we come back to the things that feel good. So um, kindergarten, yeah. So that that period of my life, I, I remember very very fondly as a time of of um, of friendship and connection and and culture. Um, going to Japanese school every Saturday and Hindi school every Sunday. <laughs> My parents tricked us awesome. into believing we had seven, seven days of school. So yeah, so um, <laughs> it was it was a joyous it was a, it was a joyous time, um, and one I'm excited to pass down to the you know the little kid in my belly right now. Baby, uh, yay! I'm <laughs> an eight month old. Yeah, so I'm, I'm excited awesome. to continue that and give her containers so that when she's in her teens and twenties, perhaps. You know, she she um she won't she won't lose her way the way I did. You know. Yeah, and and yeah, and that it happens multiple times too. Sometimes in people's lives too. It's not just one time losing your way. It can be. I can tell you a couple times that I've lost mine as old. Yeah, 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 exactly. But um, all right. Uh, Thank you so much for being here. Um, I I want to just come circle back to your book again. It is called belong, find your people, create community and live a more connected life. And where can people buy your book and where would you like people to um, go on the web to find you? 
Yep. So uh, my um, my book can be purchased anywhere on Amazon, any bookstore, um, IndieBound. If you want to buy from an independent bookstore, but but Amazon is right there. It's twelve dollars hardcover, so it's a really good price point. Um, and then um, you can find me at my at daybreaker.com and find your city and come dance with us. Um, we're in twenty five cities, so find us there. And then if you want to work with me um, for community building consulting. Um, it's radhaagarwal.com, R-A-D-H-A-A-G-R-A-W-A-L.com. It's my full name, .com. Perfect. All right. Thank you so much again. I can't say thank you enough. <laughs> I always do that. And um, I appreciate you being <laughs> with, you, her, with us. And good luck with your baby. Best wishes to all of you. And uh, thank you, thank I, you, thank I, you. Yeah, thank you for that. I appreciate it. <laughs> it's awesome. Get an epidural. That's my only advice. <laughs> oh, my God. I will. Just me having four boys. <laughs> I could not oh do that gosh, without an epidural. <laughs> anyway. Wow. I don't um, even know. I'm obsessed. <laughs> <laughs> I hear you. All right, everybody. Thank you so much for kicking off the fall uh, with Best Ever You here. And uh, we've got a great lineup of shows Um following in the fall and winter. And that was Radha Agrawal with us and um, beautiful, beautiful soul. And I'm so thankful that she was here with us to kick off our fall season of best ever you or the, the 2000, I guess the 2000, wow, we've been doing this for a while, the 2019, 18, 19 season of the best ever you show uh, over 430 shows. Now uh, we stream live on blog talk radio. Then we go into download mode and uh, we're syndicated. We're on iHeartRadio, We're on Stitcher. We're on blog talk radio, iTunes and so forth. So you can download this show. I love it when you guys, um, it's great when you download the show, but what I really love is when you tell somebody about the show and tell somebody about our guest. It's not about me. It's about the guest who was here today and her book. And it, again, it's called Belong, Find Your People, Create Community, and Live a More Connected Life because I do truly um, believe this book and Rada are, are complete life changers. This is a great book and it's um, it's it's just a, it's a beautiful book. Anyway. All right. We all know how I hate to close the show, but I have to go and I love you all very much. Thank you so much for listening. And thank you all so much for all of your condolences about my dad. Um, I, I just can't thank you enough for um, all the well wishes and so forth um, about my father. So thank you very much. Take care and have a great day. Take care. Thanks for listening to the best ever you show. Want more? Visit us at besteveryou.com. Be your best and keep it real. Confident, successful, caring, and beautiful every day with Best Ever You. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.